Welcome to Relaunch, the GCC podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications at the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches joined together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. Joining me is the president of the Great Commission Collective, Dave Harvey, to begin a multi-episode conversation about relaunching vision and mission in a pandemic time. Thanks for joining this episode of Relaunch. We're going to be talking about several things today as I'm joined again by Dave Harvey. Five things, in fact, pacing, priorities, plurality, play, and prayer. Pacing, what speed do we need to run at? What are our priorities as we minister? How do we involve everyone? What are the responsibilities of the elders? What does it mean to rest in a time when it seems like rest is really hard to come by? And then anchoring everything that we do in prayer. Now, here's episode two. Hello again, everybody. This is Marty Duran. I'm with uh, Dave Harvey again as we are in episode two of Relaunch. Dave, how you doing today? I'm well, Marty. Are you going to tell everybody about how you got a new roof this week? <laughs> yes, I will. Um, most people probably aren't aware that Nashville, uh, on the uh, bracketing uh, much of the pandemic activity, we had tornadoes on March the 3rd, which we got no damage from. Uh, and then we actually had a wind event called a derocha uh, Sunday night. And uh, we did get some minor damage to our home, but it was it's enough that we're supposed to get a new roof once the uh, claims adjuster comes out. Uh, so safe, which we're happy about new roof, which we're happy about a uh, bunch of trees down in our, in the woods behind us, uh, which we're kind of mourning a little bit, but, but yeah, we're good. Thanks for asking. Sure. Yeah. I'm the, and the one tree hanging over your house was taken out, right? So yes, uh, all, God, in all, I, all in all was a bad, wasn't a bad week. That's true. We were, uh, we're, we're, we're still counting the blessings. I'm telling you. <laughs> Um, so South Florida, I'm sure you're suffering in the, the mid eighties and that kind of thing. Mid eighties. Yes. Mid sixties in, in the evenings, mid eighties during the day. It's a beautiful time of year to be down here. Well, the scripture does say weep with those who weep. So we're going to over our hearts go out to you, brother. <laughs> so they, things are continuing to, to kind of move along and, uh, people are considering, uh, the different changes. Some states are reopening, and by the time uh, this episode drops, we're going to be dealing with churches making those decisions. Uh, what's on your heart right now as to how pastors are going to be needing to react and think about these things? Yeah, we talked a little last week about the the four four week cohort that we started at uh, Great Commission Collective for the senior pastors. Ba- basically, did it to to provide and stoke some long range thinking. Um, to get us collaborating over best practices and stuff like that, and and to ensure that the churches had had a plan, and and uh, you know th- there were some things in there that I shared that I think ha- have kind of an enduring relevance, and I put it under pr- probably under five categories, and they're all they all start with P: um, pacing, priorities, plurality, play, and prayer, mm. and. Uh, you know, I, I I can just touch on these a little bit. You know, pacing. I, I I think that the initial reaction to the pandemic was a sense of disorientation. Yeah, no doubt about that. 
And that kind of morphed. There was, uh, you know, sprinklings of anxiety and, and depression. And that's not describing everybody, but for leaders uh, having to get their feet on the ground in this environment, it's very, very difficult because none of us were trained right. for these conditions. There was no pastoring in pandemic classes. Yeah in Bible school or in seminary. And, uh, and, and so it, it created a, a pitch, Marty, uh, uh, you know, a, a pitch of activity for leaders uh, in, a, in a very disorienting, surreal environment that exerts attacks on on guys as they're leading in i mean i had to laugh what in one of our staff meetings um i heard about ben miller one of the gcc pastors and and he was telling uh another pastor about how he he ended up flipping his car one day yeah. as he was down the road and ha as he was in the air and the car was turning over his first thought was i really don't have time for this right now <laughs> So, you know, you know, you're in a new reality when when flipping your car disqual or qualifies as kind of like uh, a dis a distraction. It's only a distraction. It's nothing more than that. There is a uh, I think you used the word pacing uh, in that. And there is a reality that um, pastors struggle with this. Uh, I mean, we really do believe that we should redeem the time because the days are evil. And so most pastors are I mean we're getting after it. There, there's a sense of urgency in virtually everything that we do, but it's easy to turn uh, what should be a cross country into a sprint. And then we're completely exhausted before the race is over. How can we, how can we uh, work against that? Yeah. And I think that's a good analogy, um, you know, to just fix in our minds that we've got to think about the long game here um, and the, uh, the the difference between a sprint where you're just giving all your energy for a short burst of time versus running cross country. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I pray this is over soon, but we honestly we ever, I think we all recognize that we need to prepare as if it won't be right. And, and, and we need to prepare as if the new norm is going to be unpredictable and at present remains unclear. Mm. And so, uh, in fact, one of the things we were talking about with the guys uh, just yesterday or, or on Wednesday was how this thing is probably going to have like an accordion effect. It's it's going to expand. It's going to contract. They're going to you know, we're going to we're going to come out of our sheltering and inevitably, I mean, what the what the experts seem to be saying, and then everybody seems to be in agreement on this, is that there's going to be uh, out, outbursts here and uh, breakouts there, and uh, and 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 sadly more more deaths. Mm. But we need to be able to come out for the benefit of the people, for the economy, for a number of reasons. So when, as we do come out there, and, and it does break out in certain places, there, you know, there will be a contraction. They might shut down an area, a locale, a, a region or something like that. So it's this this according according effect and according. <laughs> Can you say the Easy word for you to say? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the point that I was trying to make is is with with that effect in place, we really do have to pace ourselves and, and kind of, you know, pre prepare for the or pray for the best, yeah. but prepare for the worst. Which, which leads us into thinking about part of being able to pace ourselves is getting priorities aligned uh, in a way that match the reality. Um, so the sprint where we wear ourselves out, 
tends to be from focusing on one priority to the exclusion of the others. How do we best orient the priorities that need to inform our pacing? Yeah, I don't know that the the priorities of pastoral ministry changed dramatically mm-hmm. as a result of the pandemic. Um, perhaps they did for for some groups, but I I think that the the means and mediums uh, by which we do them certain certainly changed, and uh, we had to create online platforms for all the things that we typically do as pastors. And and those need to continue because, you know, we still have an older population. Uh, you know, certain folks are going to be making their way out of their homes and back into businesses and things like that, but they're still the physically vulnerable that are going to need to remain connected perhaps through, you know, the, the same platforms that we've set up and we've been using, Zoom and such. So, ch- you know, ch- church care plans, uh, with with trained leaders, uh, relational connection through some uh, community uh, plan or maybe small groups, and, and ensuring that our leaders are trained to serve in the reopening in the same way I, I, I hope they were trained for the shutting down mm. because it's going to involve a whole new kind of uh, of leadership because we're heading in a slightly different into a slightly different period uh, where there it's going to be unpredictable in a different way than it was before. So, you know, I think, for instance, there like in, in some of our discipling endeavors, well, one of the things we should be doing as pastors is, is discipling. And that's that's true in pandemic and persecution or, or whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. But we may want to be and we, we may want to be maintaining our discipleship program online for a while or yeah. doing, you know, part connecting with social distancing and also online. So, you know, we want to we want to take into account where things really are while also pressing into the priorities of of pastoral ministry, which are going to include also mission and uh, and uh, thinking about what mission impact looks like in our community as people are are reengaging and 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 businesses are reopening. I think about uh, some of the mission opportunities that um, churches have had, and uh, we've seen like expanded food pantry ministry, expanded uh, economic help type ministries, uh, churches organizing to help people figure out which government agency uh, can best meet a particular need. Um, the the ability to uh, uh, impacting people's lives when they are hurting is a great witness to the gospel. It, it's a it's a wonderful kind of side benefit to this in that I, I think there are partnerships being created uh, all over the place. And there is a way that interdependence, the biblical value of interdependence is being expressed and fortified in a way that would have never happened mm-hmm. apart from something as as, as tragic as as the pandemic. When we talk about um, decentralized leadership um, amongst the the plurality of leaders uh, in a church, um, I don't know what your tendency is, but my tendency is when I get under pressure is to do more because it makes me feel like it'll get done. It'll get done the way I want it to. Whether that's the best way or not, it's at least the way that I want it to get done. And I delegate less, hold back more, and wear myself out. 
Um, yeah. how, how can, I mean, I don't know, that may not be your tendency, but it certainly is mine. And I think it's shared by others. How, how can we best rely on each other and uh, delegate and decentralize some of the authority and the responsibility? No, if Kim were sitting here, she would say, Marty, you just described my husband. <laughs> um, so I, I, I yes, I, I think it's accurate. C- crisis brings a greater temptation to make decisions by by fiat and to instinctively and unwisely consolidate power mm. um, within a person. And, and so because when leaders feel squeezed, they trend towards expedience and pragmatism. Mm. And, and that's why the church, you know, it's so important to have a plurality within a church, because when it comes to the wisdom for the church, God has established it uh, in an interdependent economy. And that means he's placed the wisdom for moving forward, not just in one person, but in others, in the elders, in uh, in networks of leaders that God has established. Because he wants to use crisis not to display the genius of one, but to fortify the plurality. But I, w- I want to say something important here. Um, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be clear leadership and the ability to move quickly. That that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be a, a kind of consolidation into a, a senior pastor or a lead pastor. What I would hope would take place is that pluralities will, would have talked about, you know, what happens in crisis and, and talked about some of the ways they would want the senior pastor to operate and kind of have a general sense of the difference between leading in crisis and, and leading, uh, you know, outside of crisis. Mm-hmm. But I think that still means if, even, if, even if the senior pastor is being given wide latitude in order to lead effectively during the crisis, it still means that he's keeping the plurality updated. He's soliciting their counsel. He's receiving their care and, uh, and, and, and you, and hopefully using the pandemic to, you know, to do well, back to your initial question to decentralize, Mm -hmm. you know, to delegate, to, to involve more people. Uh, and doing it in a way where the role of the senior pastor is not undermined. I think there's a um, there's a uh, an underappreciated aspect of Paul's ministry that that speaks to us here, uh, and that is that uh, Paul did a ton of obviously he did a ton of one on one and one on small group discipling. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But at some point, whether it was the Epistle to the Romans or the Epistle to Philemon or or whichever epistle it was. Uh, he handed that manuscript off. He handed that letter off to a team of people. And then he had to trust God that that team was going to get there and God was going to do with it what he wanted done on the other end because Paul didn't generally accompany his own letters. He sent them. And so I think there's an aspect of trusting God that comes into play here where we have to release to other members of the body to act within the giftedness that God has given them And it's not about just us releasing them, but it's actually about us trusting God to use other people of his to get the mission done. Yes, that's well said. I, I, you know, I think there is a strong temptation that we feel when times get really difficult that kind of suspend certain passages or, um, or lessen the, the sense of claim Mm. that we feel it has upon us. 
but we you know, and and we can drift from the from the recognition from the reality of the fact that the new testament was written um not when christianity was popular right. and <laughs> <laughs> no, it was when when there was persecution going on and 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 really horrific situations, and it was flourishing. And so the word, you know, when Paul says that uh, what what God is and or Paul says to Timothy, what what I've entrusted to you, these entrust to faithful men mm-hmm. who will teach others also. You know that the climate around that is 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 not much different than some of the temptations and challenges that we're encountering today. And so that kind of transfer needs to take place in every season and in every generation. And then you, uh, you had an interesting one to me, uh, which I think is extraordinarily important, doesn't get talked about enough, and that is play. Resting, restoration, recreation, rejuvenation. Um, why do you, I mean, we're talking about a pandemic, dude. We're not talking about going to the beach here. Why do you add play into this list? Yeah, I think most leaders just um, don't, understand the impact that that pace has upon them and uh and and they don't track the demands because they're you know they're just trying to be faithful they want to they want to serve they want god to be glorified they want the church to be you know to remain intact and be built up through the experience and so they're they're not uh, necessarily watching their souls closely mm. or watching their schedules closely and and so you know what, what my appeal was and i think our guys are like that really uh, you know they're just they're hard workers right and so what i wanted to say to them uh, is is guys listen uh, no one beginning with your wife and kids no one is going to be helped by you crashing and burning mm-hmm. 12 to 18 months and and yet we know we have an enemy uh, satan would love to embed us in a frenzy of busyness right now, in a frenzy of non-strategic work with with no eye on the long game, mm-hmm. no eye on the big picture. So, so I, you know, I just said, think about play, think about rest, think about restoration and recreation and ways to have fun, ways to create memories with your wife, with your, your kids. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I think we, we were just talking about how, uh, you know, like when, when I think about my life, I, I remember when uh, President Reagan was shot. Right. I remember when the shuttle exploded and where I was standing. I remember when the Gulf War was launched. I remember when the trade centers collapsed. And, and what we're walking through in this pandemic is, in a sense, bigger than all of those events, which means that your kids, your wife, everyone's going to remember these months for the rest of their lives. And so we've got to ask the question, what do we want them to remember? What do we want them to reflect upon then? Yeah. Dad was busy. Yeah. I think there's a really uh, a good reminder there in that how will the memories of our children and ourselves be different? Um, are our kids going to remember, wow, that was two months that my parents played games with me or worked puzzles with me or sat with me or read to me like they'd never done in their lives. And I'm not trying to heap guilt on anybody. I'm just drawing attention to the fact that what adults and parents, uh, adults who are parents often experience in a time like this 
can be drastically different than what our children are experiencing in a time like this. And we can use this to their advantage uh, to create memories that we might not share in the same way that they have them, but they can, uh, they can hallow this time as a memory as they get older, rather than thinking about it as so much inconvenience, like many of us will because of the things that we could not do in this period of time that they're seeing as things that they got to do in this period of time. Yeah, that's a great distinction. And, uh, you know, it, it is a great opportunity because they're just not tracking, uh, all the risk, all the all the things that we're that we're monitoring right now. That's that's not their their world. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and we used to have school closed, uh, you know, constantly because yeah. of snow and and uh, and those were like glorious days for our parents. You know, those had all kind of problems attached to them because all of a sudden the kids were home um, and and created problems. But you know, when you when I think back on snow days right. or all that all that took place then you know the best memories are because i i think my parents saw the opportunity and and created a memory yeah and that's great and it's really important and you don't have to jettison jesus in order to do that um you know you can live life and you can have prayer and you can enjoy company and you can have fun and you're still glorifying god yeah i think we have to take the gospel seriously take the pandemic seriously, but no, don't take ourselves seriously. <laughs> That's good. And then you say prayer. Um, obviously, you know, we think about, we need to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. But you added as a specific point in here, uh, kind of like an anchor for the rest of it. Was that intentional to do it that way? Well, yeah, I think, I, you know, pr prayer is the kind of thing where you either have it as the first point or the last point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's tucked away in the middle, it's kind of the wrong statement. Um, but I, I do think that there is a one of the effects of the pandemic is is that it creates weakness. It creates reliance. It creates a sense of desperation and dependence. And, and the best way to give voice to those things, the best instinct and reaction to those things is to go to God in prayer, because that's where the sense of grounding comes from. That's where, you know, you're going to feel like you you are connected to the, the main source of power and able to move forward with some degree of clarity. That's where you're going to stay connected to the, the most important relationship that you have with God. That's where the gospel is going to remain rich in your mind as you as you pray to, to Jesus and reflect upon what he's done. So I, I think that in some ways it's, it's the thread that should be sown through each of the four other points mm -hmm. as well. Uh, you mentioned the the towers coming down um, September 11th, 2001. Uh, I was actually in college as an adult trying to get some work done toward my uh, very long work toward a bachelor's degree and uh, <clears throat> was in class when the towers were hit. So when class was over, I came home and my family was gathered around the TV, of course, and they were watching. Well, I got home just in time to see the second tower come down. And the sense in our home was such overwhelming, not fear necessarily, but like 
this sorrow and dread and agony that was going on. And so we just stopped as a family and prayed at that moment. And it wasn't, I mean, we didn't go into a season of prayer that lasted 24 hours of fasting and all that kind of stuff. We just stopped in the moment and prayed and asked God for wisdom and protection and all those things. And I, I, I think it's good for us to remember that we, we don't have to turn every family prayer meeting into a crusade event. It, it can be very simple. It can be, um, you know, we're struggling with homeschool. Lord, give us some wisdom right now. Help us all not to be tired. Help us to get through this. It, it can be these simple prayers of, of a constancy, like you know, the old thing about prayer is to your spiritual life, like breathing is to your physical life, that we're just breathing in and out dependence on God in these short prayers with each other that get us through without crashing and burning. Yeah, I think that's good, Marty. I, I think that, you know, the 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 challenges, or I should say the the temptation is that because because prayer is often framed out and observed and modeled in Sunday services. Mm-hmm. Um, parents feel like they need to reproduce Sunday services in their home. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Stand up at the when, dinner table, let us pray. Exactly. And, and dad's going to bring a message. <laughs> uh, but, but really, it's the, it's the short, simple bursts of prayer here and there as part of the rhythm of life that I think probably make, make a louder statement over a longer period of time because it it expresses that that ongoing dependence and isn't some, isn't just a, a long prayer that we had you know a few days ago um, so it's it's more of a lifestyle thank you for listening to relaunch the GCC podcast be sure to subscribe in the podcast app of your choice and if you have a moment rate and review at your app and recommend it to your friends if you haven't visited our website, it's gccollective.org. You can find us on Twitter at the GC Collective, Instagram at Great Commission Collective, and you can easily find our Facebook page by searching there. Until next episode, on behalf of Dave Harvey and the entire GCC team, I'm Marty Durant. <laughs>